Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back, I should say, uh, to Not Good with Matt Rashavi. I am Matt Rashavi. It's a pleasure to be back here with you. Welcome back to the podcast. People are calling, uh, seriously, I just don't want to listen to it. Uh, yeah, so thank you for that. That's always nice to hear. Also, it's nice to be heard, so hopefully you're hearing this okay. I just did an entire podcast and listened back, and there was a ton of like weird audio blips on it where it sounded like it was a robot. We're just like, um, yeah, so hopefully you're not hearing a ton of that, but uh, yeah, let me know, which I'm sure you would anyways. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, start with the checking in, might as well. Um, I'm back in Minnesota for a week, so this is nice, nice to be here, um, here for a couple weeks, but good to be back, and good to be off the road. Um yeah, sorry, I had a little little burpee there, um, but uh, but yeah, it's good to be back here. Um, the this last weekend when I first came in, it was nice because it was like fall weather, and so that was really good. It was like nice, you know, low sixties, good bonfire weather. Had some s'mores. Got your got my s'more on. Um, I'm I'm a s'more on. People tell me. Uh, sorry. Doing a lot of dad jokes tonight. <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. You should have heard the other podcast that wasn't recorded well. That was my only funny podcast that I've done. Now that's the one to listen to. Um, but anyways, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the 17th podcast. And it's great. I'm ha- you know, I said this a, a couple podcasts ago. I'm still I'm having a great time doing it. And just loving it, though there is this weird feeling because there's so many podcasts out there. I do have this feeling when I talk to people about it, I wait till they bring it up. You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's so many podcasts out there that it's kind of like a rash almost. You know what I mean? Like you don't want everyone has has had one and and you just don't want to talk about it in public. (laughs) I feel like Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. And I'm super proud of it. Like I love doing it. And sticking to a schedule, and and all of that, but um, and you know there was on Jimmy Kimmel this past week. Uh, Sarah Silverman was a guest host, and she said that eight out of ten people have a podcast, while the other two are talking about starting one. And I think that is not only super funny, but it's very true because I think that the first two weeks, or actually t- the first two years of a podcast, are just people talking to each other going, should we start a podcast? I think we're interesting. <laughs> and yeah, usually, usually never are. Um, in my case, I'm usually very not good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there are a lot of them, but you know, that being said too, don't let that deter you. Cause that was one of those things that I was thinking of as I was starting the podcast. And it's like, it really doesn't matter. You know, if you're feeling that way, just do it anyways. Why not? If you're having fun with it, I like it because it's a way to just think of something else besides work or anything else. It's just a good little outlet to do something else. So why not? The only other thing uh, that's really new with me this week is, um, uh, oh, I got a spider bite. So that's uh, that was something, something different. I haven't had one of those. I don't think in... I don't even remember when I've had one or if I've had one, but it started off on Monday as this little, um, little kind of like, it looked like a mosquito bite. And since I, you know, live in Minnesota where they, the old joke is that 
that's the state bird, right? Is the mosquito. So I was like, okay, that's going to be fine. And then it just blew up on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it became this weird blotchy circle thing and drew a line around it in pen to see if it would get bigger because that's one of the things they say you should check for in a spider bite. Also, you know, I know this is like, um, you know, kind of cliche and definitely, you know, an old rehashed, like every comedian's done an open mic bit about this, but that sense of like, if you're sick or if you have any kind of symptoms of something, don't go online. But it is so true because, you know, I went online and was just seeing all these things of horrible spider bites that just like the flesh was necrotizing, they call it, where it just like, because the spider bite just breaks down your flesh. And that was horrifying. So that I highly recommend not checking out. Um, but also the homeowner where that happened, where I got the spider bite, you know, some people would look at it and be like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's not even a spider bite. You know, I wouldn't worry about it. But the homeowner was like, oh, yeah, there's black recluse spiders out here. I would be super worried if I were you. Like, what? I would be super worried. Who says that? If you ever get uh, that urge to tell somebody that of, oh, you should be really worried about this thing, um, don't. Just don't do it. Let's get into some movie reviews. Let's start with, let's see, what did I see recently? What was that Kevin Costner one? Let Him Go, Kevin Costner. Uh, this is one of those movies that is really good. It's on HBO Max, um, but it's the closest thing I have to a horror movie for this this week's review. Um, there's elements of horror in it. It's very kind of this tense buildup, and then there's this super violent, gory couple scenes that I totally forgot about when I recommended it to my parents. <laughs> and I got a call, and they were like, um, why would you recommend this to us? And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a very valid question. I just totally forgot about that. And I, and I think they stopped it right there at that super gory scene where it's very kind of, uh, let's just say, limbs are lost. And it's very practical and full, meaning practical effects, just full of blood and guts. So... Yeah, definitely not the right audience for that one. But that's okay. You'll live and you learn. Uh, but if you do want to see that, check that out. And then also, if you love a good uh, limb ripping, check out uh, The Suicide Squad, which I haven't talked about or reviewed it yet, but I love it. Um, if you listen to the podcast at all, you know I'm a huge DC nerd. We'll talk about that shortly in the comic book reviews. But, um, oh my God, Suicide Squad, just such a good movie. Um the first one I did like, but this one I love that they could kind of be a little more free with the playfulness of it. Uh, the violence is over the top, but I think it's so over the top that you don't take it seriously. And it's the right blend, I think, of CGI and practical effects. I'm usually, I'll be the first person to tear apart some CGI effects. But, you know, these ones were pretty good and some pretty flawless 
effects that were sweet. And they mixed it in with the practical effects. So you had, because, and this is actually goes into the horror genre too, um, James Gunn made a lot of good horror movies. Um, Slither is awesome. Um, the Down of the Dead remake. I know he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. But those both have great practical effects in it too, where it's more, it's actual like, you know, they have squibs, blood squibs and stuff like that and figure out gags on how to do these kind of over-the-top effects. And the blending of it and the Suicide Squad between the two I think is really good and worth worth checking out for sure. Um, let's see, what else did I see? I did see Sweet Girl with uh, Jason Momoa that just came out this past Friday, a week ago. And Jason Momoa, who you know from uh, Waterman, um, DC's Waterman, which is great. Um, but no, he was actually really good in, uh, I've, I have a buddy that calls it Waterman, uh, but uh, it's Aquaman, and he's great in it. And he, it's so funny, I remember people kind of bashing that pick of like Momoa as, as Aquaman, but now I don't see it any other way, to be honest with you. I think he's so good in that, and it was, that was, a, I love that movie. But um, so I'll see anything that he's in. And so this one I was looking forward to and it's good. It's not bad for sure. But um, it is there was this trend in the 90s. I've bashed on this for a while. But the where you find out the protagonist is actually the bad guy and is actually insane and they do that in this way, one, spoiler alert, obviously, but this one is Jason Momoa and his daughter are tracking this uh, company that um, Jason Momoa's wife died of cancer and could have been saved by this um, drug, this wonder drug, but this pharmaceutical company didn't put it out, so now he's got a vendetta against this pharmaceutical company, him and his daughter do. We find out halfway through the movie, or about two-thirds, that really Jason Momoa's been dead the majority of the movie, and the daughter's alive, and she's been carrying out this mission. And so he's been, the Momoa you've seen in the majority of the movie is just a figment of her imagination. And so it was too close to those kind of, for lack of a better word, gimmicks that kind of took me out of it. But it's really well made. And it's one of those things you can't, you know, you definitely can't turn that down. Like it was a well-made, well-shot movie. Uh, The acting is good, though. There is this one scene where Momoa has to, you know, play this grieving father, or sorry, grieving husband. He's walking down the hallway, just found out the news that his wife passed. And, you know, actors have to make choices. That's their job. And he's walking down this hallway. And he's crying and he's, you know, conveying this emotion. And his back is to the camera. (coughs) Excuse me. And he's walking there and he starts crying. And he's looking for something to lean against. And his choice is to not, and he's a huge, tall man. You know what he looks like. He, instead of leaning up against a shelf that's kind of like his height, there's this like super tiny shelf, like a foot off the ground, and he leans on that, and it just looked so awkward and weird that it took me out of it. I was like, that was a weird choice and kind of brought the attention that he's acting to it. But I don't know. Again, that's just my opinion. There could be someone that was like, no, that was brilliant. That's what I would have done if I was grieving. So teach their own
right, so from there, let's go into comic books. Might as well, since we were just talking about DC. And we'll start with DC. So this week, we have a lot of good books to check out. Um, and with DC, they have a ton of them. So just uh, looking at these ones that I went through this week, we have Action Comics number 1034. Crazy how far up these get. Um, this is like a fairly recent run anyways. But this is good. This is Superman solid issue this week. Um, highly recommend that. If you if you only to get a few books, for sure that's in, the, in your top. Should be on your top of the list. And also, if you're wondering like, you know, what's a good Superman one to kind of get into? Action comics is always, I think, really solid. Also, the Batman Superman series, which uh, issue number 21 is coming out this week. <coughs> Excuse me. Coughing like crazy. Um, not really. It's just a couple of coughs. Um, you don't have to write in. It's not COVID. Um, but uh, yeah, Batman Superman, number 21, solid issue again this week. Check out that series too. And that's a great, obviously, meshing of the two worlds. And as far as Batman's concerned, Batman Reptilian, I talked about this a couple podcasts ago, is my favorite Batman book right now because of the artist. The artist is just... He does, he takes the characters you know that you've seen, you know, especially if you're a comic book fan or you watch the shows religiously, you know, stuff that you see every week that you're so used to seeing a certain way changes it up in such a big way that just that alone is worth checking out. Um, let's see what else. Harley Quinn, the fairly recent Harley Quinn series, uh, number six is another great great issue as well. Mr. Miracle is probably one of my favorite DC books. And the new one, Mr. Miracle Source of Freedom, number four came out this week. And that's also a very good continuation of this series. Very solid, intense story. So check that out. Uh, Superman versus Lobo, number one. This is from the DC Dark Label. Dark Label. Lobo. Dark Label. Uh, but check that one out. That one's really good too. If you're at if you're a Superman fan and if you're a Lobo fan, anything with Lobo in it, um, if you don't know that character, just Google it right now, that guy. Uh, you've probably seen him. And I feel like hasn't really been accurately depicted. And I don't know who would be a good actor for that. Maybe Ron Perlman? You know, he rides a Harley anyways. So maybe I'm just uh, doing the Sons of Anarchy kind of equation there. But I think he could pull it off, personally. Um, let's see, what else do we got? Wonder Woman, of course, going strong with issue number 778 was good. Um, other ones that are my favorite that, uh, two of my favorites that you should definitely check out is, let's see, what do we got here? Ice Cream Man, number 25. Hard to believe this is already 25 issues in. This is a great horror comic. I've talked about this before. You know, each one is a standalone this is like a horror anthology series. But I got to tell you, they also have an overall arcing story that revolves around the Ice Cream Man. Just creepy, good fun. Highly recommend checking out that series. Um, and you've got 25 issues to dig in. So there you go. Um, also, love That Texas Blood. It's just called That Texas Blood. Issue number nine came out. Another great, intense issue from that series. I love... The series, for a lot of reasons, but one of them is because they have the Spotify playlist where you can hear the songs that they're kind of, the creators are envisioning goes along with the story. 
And it does. It just puts you right in that mood where you're like, some of it's like intense, upbeat, some of it's super creepy, uh, but really adds to the whole world of that. Keep the reviews going. Let's do some TV. A uh, bunch of good TV I've been watching this week. Watched the Movies We Love documentary series. Um, watched the just the first episode of season two, which is the Back to the Future story. Talks about the whole making of Back to the Future. And that is such an intense story. You know, we all kind of know the story about Eric Stoltz and how he was the original Marty McFly. But to hear about it and to see the footage, too, of of those early scenes and that he was let go because his performance is too serious. You know, they wanted something that was kind of comical. And then when you see Michael J. Fox playing it, you're like, oh, you totally get it. It's like night and day difference. He brings this wholesomeness to it. That's just so different. Eric Stoltz was very, was kind of a darker, mysterious more mysterious Marty McFly. So I think they did make the right, you know, choice. But I always want to hear, you know, on these documentaries and you hear when you hear these stories, you never hear from Stoltz. Like, is that one of those things that's just like a chip on his shoulder? Or did he kind of realize that, like, no, I think I wasn't right for it. You know, who knows? But that was that's the kind of point of view I would I, I feel like is missing from that one. But uh, I love the how they do that that show and it's kind of set up in the vein of I love the 80s and I love the 90s so yeah really good definitely check that out Masters of the Universe the Kevin Smith um, animated series really good really solid I'm only a couple episodes in but already love it so highly recommend that as well that's two Netflix shows that you should for sure check out Um, American Horror Stories is the anthology story or the anthology season Um, I think it's only like seven episodes. The first two were all in the murder house, which was the first season of American Horror Story. So that was cool seeing the house again. And the first two episodes were, yeah, in that house and connected. And then the next episodes after that were all standalone horror episodes. It was really great. One was about like a, a film, like a film that turns people essentially into these bloodthirsty monsters. Uh, like the movie Demons, the Mario Bava flick so that was really cool um but then you know they just had the last episode of the season this past week and i gotta tell you um they went back to the murder house and it just wasn't to me i didn't see a reason of why they had to go back to that setting i feel like they could have done another they didn't need to wrap it up all in one kind of neat bow um but it was just yeah it seemed a little kind of forced to me so that was kind of a a letdown like it's it was weird because they, it, it seems like they started and ended weak, <laughs> but the middle was super strong. And normally the saying is you start and you finish strong, right? But not in this case. But I still recommend it. It's worth checking out, especially if you're an American Horror Story fan. But yeah, kind of a rough, a rough ending. But that being said, I'm still going to watch, you know, I go back to some of, like I do like the, 
the one that was the slasher um you know take the the most recent season and they're doing one that's coming up i think in a week that's the american horror story double feature so that'll be good too you know i haven't fully i'm not going to leave the series that's for sure i do enjoy it uh, another series that I saw was The White Lotus, and this was like six episodes, I think, on uh, HBO. And they're kind of doing it in the vein, it felt like to me, like succession, like these stories where they follow groups of people that are just horrible individuals. And that one, succession, works in such a good way. But to me, I don't know if White Lotus did. I watched the whole thing, and I ended up like I'm still, you know, I just finished it, so I was like... I don't know if I liked it yet. It's one of those weird things where it was like, they're so unlikable, but it was almost not like it could have gone, if they maybe went a little more unlikable, then they would have had me. I don't know. It's it's hard to describe it, but I'm still kind of in that limbo stage of like, I'm digesting it. I don't know if I fully like it yet. So there you go. That's my review. <laughs> if you want a, a show that's really going to, kind of leave you in unsettled, confused fashion, check it out. White Lotus on HBO. <laughs> I probably won't be their pitch pitch person for that one. There you go. That's the TV for the week. So now let's move on to a little, let's do entertainment news. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Let's live it up, huh? Um, So entertainment news, let's start with uh, this. I love seeing, I love and hate because I'm obviously a huge Suicide Squad fan and nerd of the new movie. I think it's great. But uh, Free Guy just came out and that's the Ryan Reynolds movie and that has just dethroned Suicide Squad. So it's opening weekend dethroned it, Um, which is a bummer, but is also, you know, it's one of those things where I'm torn too. Ryan Reynolds, great. Love the Deadpool movies for sure. The thing about Free Guy is that, you know, I have this with um, horror movies that are PG-13 as well. Anything like that, like Ryan Reynolds is a great comedian that can work blue. And so when you put him in a PG-13 box, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I mean, he can do it. It would be fine. He worked on sitcoms, that Four Guys and Some Pizza. That's the name of it, right? Um, and that sounds like what my grandpa would call that show. But uh, but either way, um, I'll still check that out. I'll check it out this week, actually, and let you know in a future podcast what I think of it. But uh, yeah, so saw that. Um, also, this is huge news this week. Um, great for me. I would say my one of my all-time favorite shows, if not my favorite show, is South Park. And so obviously, if you've heard about this, you know the South Park guys just made and inked one of the biggest deals um, for Comedy Central, and this is going to be on the Paramount Network, um, Paramount Plus, um, which is making me move into the way in the direction of getting Paramount Plus. It's like, oh my gosh, I already have like every 
streaming service. I got to get another one, but this one is going to be worth it because the South Park guys just signed this $935 million deal that keeps the show on air at Comedy Central and then aired on Paramount Plus. And it's six seasons, six more seasons, but also like 12 to 14 movies. Like, that's crazy. That's going to be so good. Um, and I wondered, though, if like if that amount of money and all that, if that's going to make them kind of lazy and it's not going to be as as good. I don't think so. I think they'll always be as good. But also the big story after that, too, is that they, as I'm sure you would do with that amount of money, they decided to buy Casa Bonita, the Mexican restaurant that they put in one of their episodes, which was in the seventh season. Um and so that episode actually, it's interesting. It says it ran 18 years ago, which is crazy. Makes me feel old. Um, but yeah, so there you go. And that made me think, like, what would I buy if I ever had that kind of money? And I probably would bu- go the restaurant route. I'd get, like, a Taco Bell and Wendy's in my backyard. That would be the dream. Um, let's see what else. Uh, there's a Home Alone reboot coming to Disney+. Plus. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be Kenan Thompson, Pete Holmes, and Chris Parnell. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I think that's a great cast. Um, and then I guess, uh, Ellie Kemper, Rob Delaney. Um, so it could be sweet, but initially I kind of was like, nah, not unless Macaulay Culkin's back and it's him now, the character now. Like they had that video that he did. He did a viral video where he plays this kind of burnt out version of of that character. Like there you go. That's the way to do it. Um, and he's got a vendetta. And it's a revenge movie of him trying to go f- track down um, Joe Pesci. And uh, and that would be, I mean, that would be amazing. I would, uh, I would watch that a hundred times in a row. And it would be directed by Tarantino. Um, which leads me to Quentin Tarantino. Um, he made some news the other week when he gave some comments on a podcast about how his mom would scold him because he wouldn't do his schoolwork and he'd just work on screenplays when he was a kid. And so she said some stuff, um, and I'm pulling it up right now, said, uh, said uh, the quote was, oh, and by the way, that little writing career, this little writing career that you're doing, that is effing over. And those words, he said, stuck with him. And so he was always say, like, you know, to himself, okay, when I become a successful writer, you'll never see one penny from my success. There'll be no house for you, no vacation, uh, no Elvis Cadillac, Elvis Cadillac for mommy. You get nothing because he said that. So, yeah, he definitely is a man who holds grudges. Um, but his mom took the classy way out. And uh, USA Today asked her for a comment, and she said, Regarding my son Quentin, I support him, I'm proud of him, and love him and his growing new family. It gives me great joy and gave me great joy to dance at his wedding and receive his news upon the birth of my grandson, Leo. So that was kind of cool. And basically just said that she didn't want to participate. Um, She said that it's easy for comments like this, you know, that he made to spin and go viral. And she doesn't want to participate in the salacious transactional media frenzy. So that's kind of refreshing. So it's not just this whole, it could have been way, way, very catty. So, so that's good. 
And finally, let's do some advice. If you have any uh, questions for me to answer in this advice section of the podcast, feel free to reach out at notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com. That's notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com. We'll start tonight with um, this woman feels like her family is excluding her from any family trip. Um, And they'll even go so far to say, you know, they won't invite her to the trip, but they'll say, you know, we would like you to take care of our pets. <laughs> I feel like this would happen to me and has happened to me, not with family, but, you know, sometimes it's funny. I If you feel like that, I think, and I always go back to this, but a good way is to just kind of actually ask them about it. You know, confront is not the right word, but to just t- ask them about it because they might not realize that they're excluding you. Um, or you might find out that they are doing it on purpose, but then you'll know at least. But it might just be as simple as like, oh, they didn't know that you wanted to go, you know. Because like me, I am a guy that is so pale that if I even think about the sun, I get a sunburn. So I wouldn't be, you know, I don't think any of my friends going out would think of me for their next Hawaii trip. You know what I mean? So that's fine. Um, But there you go. So I'd say that. Just just talk to him about it. Um, another person wrote in and said that oh, so this is an older woman who has a house that she rented out a few of her rooms, and one of the renters uh, would always pay on time. It was great, but he lost his job um, and then could no longer pay rent and hasn't paid for about half a year and wants to know what she should do. Well, here's the thing. And she said that she likes the guy and feels bad. that, And it, he is trying. He's applying every day. Well, that's huge. And that's good that he's actually showing the um, effort in that. And that's that means a lot. But it's one of those things where, to me, this is a, a transactional relationship too, right? Where it's it's built off of he has to pay to stay. And so I think, unfortunately, you got to be you got to be bold. You got to be stern. You know, you got to be, you just got to tell, tell them like, listen, you know, I've been footing the bill, fitting the bill, footing the bill, fitting the bill. What is that? Um, but you've been doing that and you're not going to take that anymore. So footing the bill. Um, but, uh, and just say like, listen, it's you know you're gonna you're just gonna have to start paying, otherwise I'm gonna have to kick you out. Unfortunately, that's just one of those harsh things when you're when you're a landlord, you have to do those do those things. Um, but yeah, definitely, I don't envy that position that you're in. Uh, nor do I envy the position of this guy who he has um, a yacht, which uh, I mean maybe some people would envy that part of it, but he keeps his yacht when it's not in the water. He keeps it in his yard. And apparently it's a big eyesore for the neighbors. And this guy found that out by looking at Nextdoor, that um, that app online, which is a great way to find out, like if there's, you know, if you hear like a gunshot or hear a car accident and you go on that app and they're like, okay, this is what happened down here in the corner of this and this. But the bad part is when you see that your neighbors are talking trash about you. <laughs> and that was the what happened for this guy. And so he wants to know, should he confront his neighbor? A neighbor posted some nasty post about how much of an eyesore that yacht is in his yard. Well, I think you do. I think you, again, not confront. That's a bad choice of words, but just say like, hey, listen, I saw this. Because I bet you he has no idea how to use that app and didn't realize that you're on it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so if you let them know and just be like, hey, I saw this, totally fine that you did that. Um, is there anything I can do? Can I move it out, you know, out of the way? Because, you know, not saying that you have to like, you know, totally give in, but it's one of those things where if you hear his side of it, maybe it's blocking something that he needs to not be blocked. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if it's blocking the entrance to a on-ramp, you know, for a, a highway, then for sure you're going to have to move it. Sorry. It's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. I'll do one more quick one. Uh, a woman said that uh, her cousin has two sons and she loves to buy them gifts, but they never say thank you. Should she, you know, tell them about it? I think you do definitely tell the cousin because this could be a teachable moment for her. Um, but then I think you just kind of let it go. For me, I think... You know, I love buying gifts for my nieces and nephews, and it's just the idea of doing it and getting like knowing that they'll open something random, like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. Like, that just makes me feel good. And that's the only reason I'm doing it. So I don't need a thank you per se. So it might be good to kind of think of it in that terms. Who knows? So there you go. That was the advice for the week, and that was the podcast for the week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for checking out another edition of it. Um, and yeah, again, if you have any comments on the show, feel free to send them at notgoodwithmat at gmail.com and we'll read them on a further, uh, future episode rather. Um, but yeah, until then, you know, we'll see you, see you in a week and uh, special thanks too, before we go again to Nalo and the unis for their, um, amazing music every week. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. I love you. I love you.